0: I tune into the U Sports Lab to see if my team want to love. Yeah. If they log, love, I'm quiet as a mouth. Ah. But if they want, keep tell yeah. uh, I'ma do the dab. Yeah, Dr. Ville, he yeah. know what he be talking talkin about. My control, Talk, they know what they be talking talkin about. Talkin yeah. about. They can press the analytic data with your hip-hop. Yeah. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to love.
1: Yeah. and the
0: so listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention,
1: because yes, he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington's out on assignment, so we brought in Brian Fulford. It is appropriate, you know, when you talk about number one family rattlers. We'll see if they remain that week in the poll rankings, but that's what they are coming into this week, and they have a matchup with Prairie View. Uh, this weekend. So uh, we got some folks and we got Charles representing Texas Southern. So it should be interesting after they just had a matchup themselves between each other in Houston. So we'll get into it. Welcome to episode 449 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small, from the NIA. To the NCAA and share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU Athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU Athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. Short, we just call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Neon along with my co-hosts, Brian Fulford and Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studio and sending a signal live to KCLA's 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. Ralph Cooper, multi-hall-of-family Ralph Cooper, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, Charles, two days down, man. Been pretty two good. Two days We're down. You hadn't got the phone call yet, so everything's <laughs>
2: safe. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You got it. Got everything under control over there, I had to uh, call and mess with my nephew. I said, man. I didn't
1: say that, Now
2: <laughs> I had to call and mess with, mess with my nephew, E. Visited Virginia State this weekend, had a tremendous time, and then he was the first one to tell me. He's like, the only thing, uh, uh, is they lost today. I said, no, they played Elizabeth City. I don't think they lost Elizabeth City. You sure? He's like, no, they lost today. Said, no, 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 no. Let me go check this. Oh wait, Virginia State lost. So we, we had a nice little little laugh about that.
1: Uh, I'm sure you did. But I'm not sure Virginia State Trojans had much. Of right, we'll get to see if they bounce back this week, and that's a good lead-in. Other than that, how you doing?
2: Doing well, doing well, doing well. I had a, a busy day, midterms this week. We got in midterm grades probably go out sometime this week on some football team. So, fun stuff. Good stuff.
3: Good stuff. Brian, how are you doing? I'm great, Doc. It's homecoming week. The greatest homecoming in the universe is right in Tallahassee. Of course, Charles, you get a chance to come experience that. Doc, come on. I hope you're going to uh, get on the private jet and fly on out to Tallahassee as well. I'll be back in December. I uh, had my stuff
1: booked, I pulled it. I said Smart it was man. because of last week's game against Houston Christian, but the truth is, as I told you, my wife is traveling, so it's just deuce. And our plane is not getting back in time for me to be able to catch the plane I originally had, to get down that way. Uh, and make a good weekend of it, so I had to cancel that, and I just pushed it to December. So so we're, going, we're already booking flights, and we we booking hotels for Tallahassee?
3: Yeah, might as just well. Make, just yeah, make yeah sure. just that's what, sure. you yeah. Know, just that's check what
1: we do. We stay ahead of just check it. it. in the sports <laughs> business. We, we've done it the last couple of years for Jackson State, and we figured it's cheaper uh, just to rebook it if there's some changes. So, you know, Not that we can't be imperfect, but... Uh, uh, particularly when we in an area where we can get there by Southwest Airlines with these games being home, it's good to try to book it in early You just flip it. We've literally done it. If you think about it, we did it pre-COVID, going back to the Alcorn days. We flew into New Orleans, and we drive up to Alcorn, and we seen them pretty early, locking things in as soon as we could. We flip the switch. We lock it in. And thus far, we're 100%. So, Brian,
3: tell your followers. rattlers, there don't you mess go. it up. no. No, no, no. You see I'm trying to I'm trying to grow up and be like y'all, media ballers. That's that's what I'm calling <laughs> you guys. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get to.
1: You are you're not a regular on Sunday, so we give a cigar for the you know our hosts and their team if they win. So this is to you. Uh celebration for last weekend, getting the victory against Texas Southern. So officially uh you have gotten your cigar, especially since it's homecoming.
3: Don't show out too much. Uh and uh, it's your cigar, so you don't have to shit Uh I, I tell young people, young the piece of advice that I give everybody this week, hydrate. That's it. <laughs> hydrate. That's the key word this week. Hydrate.
1: I, I'm with you, but I'm gonna add a couple of more. For your brothers that are a little more seasoned, ladies as well, especially if you're part of these organizations. Not only do you need to hydrate in terms of you celebrating the spirit. But be careful about uh, some of your spins and how hard you put your ankle down in terms mm. of your step, how mm-hmm. high. Them band folks, they do the leg lifts, mm-hmm. you know, be a little cognizant uh, because, you know, you, you're not what you used to be. Yeah, don't, t- t-
2: don't tear a hamstring, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Break a bone or anything like that. You know, Work on, on Monday. T- slip a disc. We do need uh, you back in the office on Monday, Tuesday, whatever mm-hmm. you do in terms of your extended vacation. With that being said, let's get into it before we get too far gone. Uh, Charles, you got some news of the day that you want to share?
2: Yeah, let's start out with FAMU. They claim the SWAC women's cross-country title. Uh, women's cross-country program claimed the 2023 SWAC conference title on yesterday, this past Monday. The women are the first FAMU team to garner that accomplishment this season and did so uh, with a 63 total points. So we take a look at it. Uh, FAMU earns their first women's cross-country title as a member of the SWAC. So kudos, congratulations to FAMU uh, women's cross-country team for their title yesterday. Good deal, good deal.
1: Adding on some of those SWAC titles as we switch over, pretty good. With that being said, Brian, I'm going to go back to you and ask you what's hot news that you want to get
3: out today. Well, I'll go over to the men's side, Texas Southern. Uh, men winning the SWAC men's cross-country title. Um, with, uh, it was their seventh title in school history. And, of, of course, the uh, I guess it came down to a bit of a nail-biting race there as uh, TSU established its position in the top half, but was in third place with about 1,170 kilometers. I don't know what that is in terms of miles, yards, and feet. <laughs> uh, the team moved up to second. After the 2170 mark, uh, as Jose Gonzalez held his ground in second place, while David Livingston moved up the ranks at the 3,000 kilometer mark. I'm, I'm tired already just thinking about the number of kilometers <laughs> being run. Uh, the race turned into an all Texas affair as SWAT rival Prairie View AM topped the charts with TSU close behind. The Panthers had four runners within the top. 11 spots, while Gonzalez was the only Tiger in the top 11 at that point. At the halfway mark, that's 4,000 kilometers. For those of you who didn't know, it's an 8,000-kilometer race. Uh, PV still maintained a stronghold, but here comes TSU, uh, beginning to make a final push, pushed themselves into position to make a late run. And the final 1,000 kilometers left, and the swat title on the line, Martinez relayed, his message to the team, which was something he has preached all season long, and uh, with the meet coming to an end, TSU uh, still behind at the seven thousand kilometer mark. PV had the five point lead, three runners inside the top ten. The Tigers uh-huh. fought. Yeah, the Tigers fought through the pressure, persevered as Gonzalez placed second. Brandon Washington made the late push to move into the top ten surpassing three runners to finish ninth, while freshman Jeremiah Perea finished 11th. Senior Dan Lerma finished 14th to maintain their position, along with Livingstone to seal the seventh title in school history. And just so the scoring, just in case people don't understand, the way the scoring goes is the top five runners, the place of the top five runners from your team determine your points, which is you know kind of how Florida A&M, bested Alabama state similar situation here uh even though Texas Southern didn't necessarily have the top runner overall you can still get it done if the top five guys can get up there and so um you know props to Texas Southern for getting it done and then of course props to uh Coach Garfield Ellenwood and the Lady Rattlers for getting it done as well
1: good stuff good stuff shout out to Coach Clyde Duncan Coach Duncan Getting it done in cross country, legendary coach there in Texas Southern with the Flying Tigers, he gets another championship on the men's side for cross country. I guess uh, I'll have to talk with uh, Dr. Kevin Grange, a VP of Athletics, because uh, state dinner should be nice in terms of the yeah cross country. I'm gonna have to make sure I squeeze I heard, myself in there as well. I heard, I heard you giving them
3: out. I, I, you know, I was gonna say the same. I was, saying, I was gonna say the same thing. You giving them out, no, man. It, like. Like, oh, this, we're giving this away time cars, doc.
1: The receiving side. You get a state.
3: You get a state. You get a state. I tell you exactly, what, Exactly,
1: but... man. I always had me a whole I I'm going to have to talk to Simmons. Like, hold on, coach. You letting <laughs> up, coach. Said, I won't mind.
3: Oh my goodness, I'm going to broke. get you a <laughs> farm, coach, and some. We get you a farm and some cattle, doc. Exactly.
1: Hey, if people. any, if
2: any, if any sponsors are listening. Uh, the, hey, <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> say, Dang, that, more. That needs to more. Not these giving out states, all right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. With that, let me go back to you, Charles, and see uh what honors do you want to get out there before we get to this break?
2: Yeah, let's look at the Swag Football honors uh, for this past week for October twenty third. The Swag has named all corner states Aaron Allen and Malachi Bailey, along with Jackson State Jacoby and Morgan, is Swag Football Players of the Week for their impressive performances this past week. Let's take a look at Aaron Allen, the quarterback. For all corner. He went 14 to 26 to 219 yards and two touchdowns during all win over UAPB on Saturday. He also had five carries for 37 yards and a rushing. Touchdown on the defensive side of the ball, Malachi Bailey. He totaled four tackles, three of them solo, two tackles for a loss, one sack, and one forced fumble, and one pass breakup. He also sold a hot dog in the concession stand and a quarterback hurry during all states win over UAPP. Full day for Malachi Bailey. Newcomer of the week, Jacoby Morgan, threw for a touchdown and rushed for a touchdown during Jackson State's win over Mississippi Valley on Saturday. He tallied 10 rushes for 75 yards and a touchdown. He also threw for 141 yards and a touchdown and connected with nine different receivers. So those are your swag
1: football players of the week. Great job there, Charles. And uh, the hot dogs are good and the sweet, along with some of that French chicken. Or at least it that's look, what Duke said. It, it look like it. <laughs>
3: You must have been working, Charles. I, I see that now. You must have been working, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was out there, you know, in the field plowing.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Some people have to work for a living for real. Brian,
3: what honors do you want to share with us today? Well, let's go over to the MEAC, the Mideastern Athletic Conference. Uh, their football honors presented by Coca-Cola. You had uh, quarterback Quick Williams, the Offensive Player of the Week. Howard defensive back, Kenny Gallup Jr. That was the defensive player of the week. South Carolina State's Jawon Howell, the rookie of the week. Also, his teammate, Eric Brown Jr., was the offensive lineman of the week. And Norfolk State's Grandin Wilcox, the special teams player of the week. Uh, Williams tallied three touchdowns, including a game-winning drive and a comeback against Norfolk State. Uh, He was 14-24, of passing for 240 yards and two touchdowns, including 42 yards on the ground, five carries and one touchdown. Big-time performance by that young man. Gallup Jr. produced a season-high 11 tackles, six of them solo, uh, one tackle for loss, a half a sack, and also had a game-clinching interception. Big-time effort, game-clinching interception to secure Howard's victory over Norfolk State on homecoming. Uh now Jawan How look th- what this young man did in one quarter pretty amazing uh he was he scored 3 touchdowns on 13 carries 119 total yards i think the bulldogs rushed for 357 yards total nearly had they actually had three guys over 90 plus yards but of course Howell, with three touchdowns gets the uh big accolades and then of course the offensive lineman eric brown he graded out a 95% on his assignments. Uh, I already mentioned the Bulldogs rushing. They had a total of 522 total offense. Brown also had five pancake blocks in the team's win. And then Brandon Wilcox made three of his field goal attempts, including a career best 50-yard field goal, one shy of the school's record. Also had a 36-yarder and a two um, and recorded two-point after attempts and and trust me that 50 yarder uh you kind of thought the game might have been over after that point but uh mr Williams <laughs> said not so fast my friend
1: oh yeah good one you too it got interesting there charles i see you can't just rep your graduate school you have to go back and make sure you reference your undergrad you know they won't take you
2: DJs they folks, they so gangster even my mama my mama well, hey where's some jack where's something that says Jackson <laughs> <laughs> Really Mom really Love it. I got you. Yeah, I got
1: you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough when you, you get checked by your mama. <laughs> oh, man. I had to <laughs> reach out and I get would, a cap. I'm going to leave that one right now. I'm going to leave that one right now. Before we go in this break, uh, last uh, update you want to give in terms of volleyball accolades for the media.
2: Yeah, let's take a look at the MiAC uh, Weekly Volleyball Honors. Norfolk State's Gabriel Gilbert uh, was named a Miak Player of the Week, presented by Coca-Cola. And Coppin State's Coco Figueroa was named the Rookie of the Week, while Howard sophomore Claire Simpson earned Defensive Player of the Week honors, respectively. Norfolk State's Sydney McCree was named the Setter of the Week. So let's take a look at their accolades. Uh, first, we start with Gabriel Gilbert. She tied her season best with 22 kills in the four-set victory over North Carolina Central, while hitting fourth. 40% in the match in a three-set win over South Carolina State. She hit for 52% with 15 kills on 23 attempts with only three errors. Gilbert averaged 5.28 kills per set, totaling 37 for the weekend and hit 44%. Additionally, she collected two assists, two service aces, four blocks, and 13 digs. Speaking Raw, she recorded 11 digs while making her first career starter liberal in the five-set win over Delaware State. She added four digs in the sweep at Maryland Eastern Shore. Simpson. As it pulls back up, Simpson averaged 3.78 digs per set in victories over Morgan State and North Carolina Central. She tallied 12 digs in the road win against the Lady Bears in Washington, D.C. and wrecked up 21 digs and three service aces in the road victory against North Carolina Central. And we ended up with Sydney McCree. She recorded 10.3 assists, 1.9 digs one service ace, and .9 kills per set this weekend and wins over North Carolina Central and South Carolina State. She tallied 41 assists in four sets against North Carolina Central with seven digs, six kills, and three service aces. She also racked up 31 assists, six digs, and four service aces against South Carolina State in three sets. So those were your MEAC Volleyball uh, Weekly Honors.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Brian,
3: you, you, yeah, yeah, well, I was gonna look. I, I know, I know, uh, our, our good friend, uh, uh, Mr. Grant watches the show regularly. Can we get a MIAC SWAT volleyball tournament? I would love to see. I'm an advocate, I would love to see Alabama State, FAMU versus or in, in along with the Norfolk State and Howard, something like that. Give me the two best from the MIAC, the two best from the SWAT. Let's have a good weekend and see these inter these inter conference battles between schools that unfortunately don't get a chance to play each other. You know, give I think this this will be outstanding for the sport and HBCU. So I'm 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 throwing out three ideas today. Homecoming week. I, I like yeah.
1: it. I like it. I know a broadcast company that would love to broadcast it and help them put yeah, it on right. ESPN Plus. I think. Yeah. We got one perfectly BCsn, you know, not to say any drop any name, but we'll be right back after this break.
4: As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one size fits all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning.
2: The Cuvay Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones hbcu pride and joy children's boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite hbcu visit hbcupridejoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU hbcupridejoy on facebook and twitter
0: Press the yeah. analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to the So listen to the Professor the Yes Yessa and sir. pay attention because so he going to teach a lesson. This
1: is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab as we get into our top seven poll rankings for week number eight. We shout out to GIE. Uh, all corn is one of the biggest all corn fans out there, bracing the world with his style. Uh, in regards to what he uh, delivers, he's out here showing us some love. Appreciate you, appreciate you. But that being said, <laughs> somebody say Frenchies in the suite, <laughs> it would be more like that. <laughs> with, with, with that being said, let's get into the mid major division of the top seven this week. Not a lot of changes in terms of teams dropping out. jumping into it but we do have some changes of what took place as you imagine kind of led off with that with virginia state uh taking the L, one that was not expected so it'll be interesting to see just how far they fall and see if y'all agree with it or not so nobody dropped out this week as we said those receiving votes are tuskegee golden tigers six and two five and one you have Fort Valley State Wildcats six and two, six and one. Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls are five and three, four and two. And just to show a little love, Langston Lions as they continue to bounce back and play some basketball, that uh, football, excuse me, they're just outside of that top ten and eleven. So to be interesting, they can keep rolling. I give them some love because they're the highest ranked uh, NIA program, even though Florida Memorial's sneaking around there too. So both of those NIA programs are trying to figure out how they get into the top 10 and ultimately in top seven. With that being said, said, let's get into the top seven. At number seven this week, Elwood Waters Tigers, five and three, five and two, coming off another big win, last second win, if you would, driving down the field to get it done. They improved to five and three, uh, five and two in terms of their rankings. They stay at number seven. At number six. You have none other than the Fayetteville State Broncos quietly getting it done, just steady Eddie, not fancy, but they do find a way to get the Ws. They win the games they're supposed to win, and they might sneak in a win or two, one that you say they shouldn't get. They're at 6-2, and 6-0 and oh in the conference race. They are getting done 114 points as they are at number six. At number five, have none other than Allen Yellow Jackets as they continue to get it done, 6-2, and 4-2. 131 points. They were previously ranked three, so they do fall two spots after their tough loss in terms of what they got going on. At number four, you have Virginia State Trojans, 7-1, 5-1. They fall two spots to number four this week in terms of what they have in their rankings. At number three, Miles Golden Bears, uh, they improved two spots, the six and two, five and one overall, 140 points. Previous rank five, so they climb up two spots this week. At number two, Virginia Union Panthers, slowly of that early loss and a monsoon, uh, mm. AD likes to say it was in a hurricane, they mm. have crept all the way up to number two, seven and one, five and one. So you're still looking at a top five matchup at the end of the season between Virginia State Trojan, Virginia Union Panthers. Whoever wins that will likely face Fayetteville State. Somebody might be sneaking out of the South say they got something to say, Uh, but a lot of people says it doesn't matter. It's going to be about the Northern Division. This time it's going to be out of Virginia. We'll see if that happens. Virginia Union, at the end of the day, jumps up two spots as they get it done. Number one, shouldn't surprise you, that's the Benedict Tigers, uh, (laughs) 8-0, 6-0. They do get all nine first-place votes, 190 Mm -hmm. points, as they're the long, perfect HBCU program. Regardless of division, regardless of the division the, the making, whether mid-major, major division, as they would say, they are number one, unanimous number one in week number eight, holding it down as they continue to run and get it done, eight and oh, six and oh in the conference rates. What do you think in terms of the rankings this week, Charles? Raise your hands if you thought
2: you were going to have a seven-versus-five matchup with Edward Waters versus Allen this weekend. Uh, I can't <laughs> say enough about Edward Waters. The Cardiac Cats, they do it again, down 17 points, claw their way back and get a big win over Albany State, uh, very deserving of being in your top seven now.
1: Thank you. You're talking about being exciting about what they get it done. you talking about those fans. That had to be magical. Watching those that maybe have traveled to Tuskegee and saw that for homecoming, they had their hands full. But if not, they watched it right here at BCSN. And so to get home and see that contest at home on their own, you know that they have to be flying high. But they got another (laughs) top five. It's something about the SIAC. Week after week, you're going to have a top five matchup just how well those teams are playing. And what's crazy is, uh, those matchups don't necessarily have to be the number one team. And Benedict that's kind of sitting there waiting to see who's going to find their way into that second spot for the championship. Because they do not have divisions, but it's going to be crowded on the way there. And we'll be here to cover it. PCSN. We'll be here to talk about it. Doctors inside the HBCU Sports as well on Sunday uh, with Brian and AD. With that being said, let me go to you, Brian. What are your thoughts on my top seven in week number eight?
3: The SIC is the gift that keeps giving. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you think about the conference matchups across all of the HBCU diaspora, this is the one conference that has probably delivered the the best storylines, the most drama, uh, probably the... the yeah. I mean, how many teams are in the hunt right now? You got about six. And you can honestly make a case for all six. I mean, we don't see... Benedict stumbling, but I think after them, uh, we we were talking about some doomsday scenarios over the next couple of weeks, and I mean, my mind is blown when you think about your top seven is does not include two teams who next week we could be talking about in the hunt for the, a spot in the championship. That's how crazy it is right now in the SIC. Two teams are left off. The gift that keeps given, man. <laughs> two you, you, you good, get, teams, two good teams, six of one and five yes, one yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Two teams that only have one loss in conference. That's right. that's how that's how amazing and, and this season has been. Uh, this is one of those years where, you know, somebody can put the documentary together on the SIC and you would actually get a bowl of popcorn and just enjoy watching it. I mean, the story is still going to be written. But, I mean, man, so far it's juicy. That's
1: crazy. Six teams deep. And all of them are really good. Um, hopefully they don't cannibalize each other where yeah, they one just, that they might get two teams in the <laughs> playoff. Uh, you know, they certainly will cannibalize each other in terms of finding who's that second uh, team, as it looks like Benedict is going to find a way to get it done. They still have a chance maybe to stop their toe. We'll see what that means because it's not quite written. They still have that matchup with Allen at the end of the season which could be a little interesting depending on how people fall into it. But with that said, let's go talk about some of these matchups on the other side. We'll be right back after this break.
4: You see Head & Soldiers has a scalp shield technology, protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like
1: us, we're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub.
0: Ooh, nice. Never not working.
1: Never, ever, never, ever not working.
4: Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
3: From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
0: Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to loud yeah.
1: mm-hmm. about, about.
0: So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention. He's going to teach a lesson. Yeah. This
1: is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Ryan Forfoot and Charles Bishop. Let's get into our mid-major games of the week. We got two of them that are pretty exciting for you. Uh, you talked about the top five matchups. Let's look into it because this is a classic game. This is the mid-major classic game of the week. In South Carolina, Westwood High School, homecoming AME football, classic is what they're calling. Number seven, Edward Water Tigers come in at five and three, five and two. They're on the road at number five, Allen Yellowjackets that come in. With a record of six and two and four and two in the conference race. This is October the twenty-eighth at one o'clock Central Standard Time. That means it'll be high noon over there in the East Coast as they get ready to rumble, if you would. I'm interested in this top five matchup. I'm gonna start with you, Brian. What do you say in terms of number seven of the Everwater Tigers going up with number
3: five, Allen in Yellow Jackets? Um This is gonna be Look, I I sort of gave Jyron Russell SIC Offensive Player of the Week last week. I, you, I mean, just back-to-back performances, and I think what people may not have seen or saw in the stats is the drive that he engineered in the comeback against Albany State. David Wright of Allen has the numbers, right? And, and I'm not not by much, but he has the numbers. But what Jyron Russell is doing is pretty special. So I think it's kind of fitting that we're going to get a chance to watch two of the two of the top. I, there's about four really strong, five maybe good strong quarterbacks in this All game. Right. <laughs> I had to make sure I I, had, I couldn't stop it too. <laughs> right, I couldn't stop it too. But these are two that you know is almost like if this is an elimination game. Mm. Somebody's going to get eliminated from. The the S I C Offensive Player of the Week, and it's sad that that'll happen. Oh. Have to be that way, but I'm expecting these two quarterbacks to put on a show, and uh, wh- whichever defensive unit, defensive coordinator, or defensive secondary back finds a way to make a play in the fourth quarter, that is the guy who should get the game ball because <laughs> look, otherwise you're just trying to catch up. I I, I think first team to 45 wins. But, you know, I, I think this is going to be an exciting game. Yeah. yeah.
1: It all sounds like you're in a lot of agreement. I mean, total agreement. I, I, I think defense will be a
2: rumor in this game because uh, when you take a look at, at these gunslingers, I mean, David Wright, uh, he's averaging 355 yards a game. Uh, Jared Russell, I think you t- hit the nail on the head the way he engineered. Uh, that that last drive there for ever Waters, but these are uh, these quarterbacks are one two in the SIAC in terms of yardage. Uh, David Wright has already thrown for 2400 over twenty four hundred yards. Uh, Jyron Russell has thrown for over twenty uh, two hundred yards. So I am expecting fireworks. You said first to for first to forty five. It could easily be first to fifty. I it, that, this is they're gonna put some numbers up in this game. I'm I'm looking forward to this. And so this is gonna be an offensive show. And what Whomever defense gets that stop, <laughs> uh, like you said, game balls go to that go to that individual, go to that defense coordinator because this is going to be a fun one.
1: Good stuff, good stuff. Since you're talking offense, let's go to our independent mid-major matchup of the game that features Florida Memorial, that also likes to put it up in the air as well. Uh, they come in at number 15. Uh, the Lions are four and three, three and one at the season. They're on the road. Uh, with their historic white college matchup against Southeastern Fire, who, who are four and three overall and three and one. So you see, both teams have one conference race loss in the race. Uh, obviously, Lions lost a couple of weeks ago their first conference loss, so they're trying to stay in the mix. This one is in Lakeland, Florida, at Victory Field. It's the independent matchup out of the Sun Conference at 6 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on uh, Saturday, October the 28th. Sticking with you, Charles, what's your thoughts in terms of this matchup here?
2: Tough one for the Lions this weekend, uh, and uh, they played uh, this team Southeastern three times, three losses, and it hadn't been close in any of those games, so uh, it depends on uh, Florida Memorial quarterback, Saquon Smith. I mean, how does he navigate this Southeastern uh, uh, defense? Is coming off a huge loss. Uh, he is the top quarterback in the Sun Conference, uh, but it's going to be a tough one for the Florida Memorial Lions, but I'll go with them on the road. Let's see what happens. Let's see if they can pull off the upset.
1: Professor Forford, this is in your backyard. It
3: right is in the
1: state of Florida. What are your thoughts in terms
3: of this matchup? It is too bad I'll be in Tallahassee, so I won't be able to check this one out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just saying, uh, just saying, yeah, just, just saying, just saying. Hey, you know, it's <laughs> interesting. Uh, Florida Memorial, the computers love Florida Memorial. I mean, matter of fact they ended up in our top five, uh, surprisingly to many, but the computers love this. This team averages 529 yards per off per, uh, per game. I think I just looked up and they go up against a defense that is second in the conference, uh, keeping teams under 300. So, I mean, this is that cliche, you know, do you believe that defense at home can hold off this team? Um, We've seen Florida Memorial put up yards even against Grambling. Yeah. So for, whether it's a NAIA or a Division One, Florida Memorial has proven, I think, that they can put up they can put up some yards. The question is, can they turn those yards into points in the end zone with sixes instead of threes? <laughs> um, I, I got to go with Florida Memorial just because I, I want to see this story keep going. But like you said, Charles, the fact that you – now they've lost – this is like that coming-of-age game. You've lost three years in a row to this team. You were still finding yourself Mm. as a new new program in the Sun Conference. Yeah, This is happening to Florida Memorial a lot. They're winning – they're beating teams that that they've been close to beating the last couple years, and now they're finally doing it. So I'm going to add Southeastern to the list and give this one to Florida Memorial.
1: Great point. Great analysis by both. Let me give a statement to Brandon King. He says, good evening all, sliding into the lectures party, Paul Tardy today. I just want him to know, uh, just like Coach George, we do take attendance in this course. (laughs) So uh, we just want you to be aware that it is important that you understand that attendance is something that we have a concern with. So make sure you come in class, not only to have your signatures, but you come in on time. With that being said, we'll be right back after this break. We'll come back on the other side. Attendance is mandatory.
2: T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash.
3: T. Madden & Associates obtained
0: almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash.
3: Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T Madnet Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123.
4: When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started.
3: This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSM Sports Rap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show.
0: Compress the annihilated data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot, so listen to so professor,
1: professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention because he's going to teach yes a lesson, yes. lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Professor for Professor Bishop. Let's get into our major division football poll ranking in week number eight. Let's get into it. Much like the mid-major, no team dropped out. Some changes um, in the middle of the poll, not much at the top. Things are as steady as they can be. Uh, and that's what you start finding as the season comes on. Oftentimes, things steady eddy as they add up. We'll see if that continues to be the case. Receiving votes this week, though, Alabama State Hornets three and three, two and two on the season. Uh, behind them, the Grambling State Tigers are three and four, two and two, 154 points. And Prairie View A&M come in and get in to basically the top ten at three and four, three and one, 148 points. Receiving votes just outside. Of the top seven. Those that were able to make the top seven, let's get into it. All of them with winning records overall. Number seven, Alabama AM Bulldogs, at four and three, two and two overall, 174 points. Previous rank six, so they do drop a spot as they were open this week. At number six, Auckland State Braves, four and three, three and one. Look out! The Braves are chopping, and it looks like they're getting ready. They're making their move and playing some good football. And with their win, they jump over Alabama A&M, 184 points, and are at six, previous rank seven. Brings to number five, Southern Jaguars are four and three, three and one. Uh, just part of that tough top part of the Western Division, uh, along with Prairie View, that's three and one in that race. 187 points, previous rank five. Interesting, because people would say it's all jumbled up in the West, but they are all a part of the top ten, so... Be interesting to kind of see how that follows out. So, should be a good race down the stretch at number four. Jackson State Tigers five and three, three and two. They bounce back as they get a win and get it done 195 points. And they stay at number four. Bring us to number three. Talking about Coach Eddie George, he took the Division Two program behind the woodshed, and they are looking good. Tennessee State Tigers improved to five and two. 1-1 one and one in the conference race, as they have a good conference race coming up this week. 215 points, The previous ranked three, so they stay right there and steady Eddie the ship. Above them at number two, North Carolina. Central, the Eagles at 6-1, and 1-0, one, one and oh, getting a big conference win. Tough matchup on Thursday night. Morgan State did everything they could do, especially on the defensive side, but the championship pedigree of the Eagles was just too much as they get it done. They have six first-place votes, but they are at 245, just outside of the number one spot that belongs to the Florida A&M, six and the Rather, 6-1, 5-0. Six first-place votes, 246 points, remain number one. Right now, it looks like you're headed for a collision course for the meat act swag matchup in the Celebration Bowl. And, boy, if we allow ourselves just to think it, I know some other teams want to get through it. Uh, the SWAC still has a championship game, which is always tough, but you could have two teams with one loss at this point facing off in the Celebration Bowl. Both teams are currently ranked one and two in this polls. Most of them are one and two on all HBCUs across the platforms, and they are both top 20 FCS programs in most polls out there as well. With that being said, I'm going to go to you first, Charles. What are your thoughts in the top seven Mid, I mean, major divisions Poll rankings in week number
2: eight. Spot on. Um Alcorn with the week off. Uh sitting at six underneath Southern. Southern good win on the road against Bethune Cookman. I don't think I can argue with it too much. I, I think this is I think this is about right. Uh Jackson State, good win on the road. Um uh Tennessee State is fighting right in there. I mean, Doc, when's the last when's the last time we've had Tennessee State? in the poll, even this late in the season. I mean, oh, it's, um, been forever. It's, it's been a second. So, uh, no, I can't argue whatsoever. I think they are uh, d- deserving of the ranking. So.
1: Yeah, it's been at least a decade. With that being said, I'm going to turn it over to you, Brian. What are your thoughts? course State went out there and got it done in terms of power bluffs, kind of made them pay. They look like they're improving. You got to start looking at uh, uh, this matchup as your first indication of what could be a obviously a rematch in the championship game you had one earlier when you went on the road to southern but then you got those pesky braves sneaking out there and said they want a chance but that being said what are your thoughts in terms of the top seven
3: everything was just about what i what i had uh slated um maybe one team a little higher than another team by a spot but i mean really that's the kind of that's what's Interesting about this year. I mean, even your your top two teams have been they they haven't been clean. And when I say clean, they haven't been they haven't been excellent. They haven't been without their own flaws. You know, mm. um, I, I think you know we we've seen uh, Central have to come from behind. We've seen them struggle a little offensively last week. Uh, Bam, you certainly people can pick apart the offense but their defense is what it is. It, you know, it, it's just fascinating that so many teams at the FCS level are kind of kind of doing this. They're just kind of fluctuating up. And then they're playing good quarters. I don't think anybody has really played a great game. And, and maybe, look, we're coming up into November. That's when you want to be playing your best ball, right? So maybe in November, we're going to start to see these teams really play their best ball. At least I hope so, and that's the goal I think for all of them as they start to wind down to the uh, to the end of the season and and the championship and the, and all the Celebration Bowl hype. But uh, right now, this is kind of one of those weeks where it's just the status quo. Everything is chalk.
1: Mm. Good stuff. You know what this is about, Charles. Some of your Jackson State fans are probably going to be a little mad. But I think this is a casualty of the prime effect. Had mm. An interview today, a writer, a journalist from uh, USA Today was asking some questions in regards to um, Coach Prime and the SWAT, HBCU Sports. Um, I liked this question, so hopefully I gave it to him. But then he came up to the prime effect. And I went back and talked about uh, the 1400 Club kind of showed up and got a chance to get you name out there with the pregame show. Uh, and were, was the Charles and Neely. I, I put that out there that I had one of the first interviews uh, on the show, particularly when it talked about Coach Prime. And it came up. I talked about the Prime effect, and I told him about the history of it uh, and how I looked at it as a merger. We talked about it on the show. And that I had researched previously about the Fuludia effect. And so there were some indications that I thought this would take place. Did I know it would have the magnitude that it took place? No. But I say all this, Brian, I think what you are spoiled with and don't even realize and a lot of fans out there is you're seeking that perfection, which is what you had much closer to what was being done because of the caliber of team that Jackson State was uh, and what Coach Prime pushed for. And I think that is a little indication where you're getting a little fall from that and why you're wanting to see a little more clean ball uh, and a little more um, of your top teams, whether it's central or Florida AM and m really separating themselves from the field. And I don't think you get those teams very often. And I'm saying at any level, hell, yeah. you have a lot of folks that are saying that even at the power five, and obviously I don't like to bring them much on the show, but I think it's perfect for this conversation. People are saying there's no clear number one team. obviously, Georgia is looking to do something that hadn't been done in a long time in terms of 3 PD, but who they played and how they played early, people are not convinced that they are a great team. Obviously, they may be the best team this year to win a championship. I think sometimes you have that just in general, and I think specifically for HBCUs and FCS this year, you kind of have yourself chasing this framework of what you believe is greatness. Mm -hmm. that being said,
3: Go ahead. I, I, you all, you know that's a great point because think back to what I remember uh SWAC Media Day, and I know I know Rattling Nation got on me because I kept trying to tell people what statistically Jackson State did last year was like so high up here when I went back yep. and looked at the numbers that I had to even appreciate what we saw and it didn't end the way everyone thought it would. And, and, and it came short of the perfect season. But when you go back and look at statistically everything they did, man, that was a team and a season. And I, I, that's what we're all looking at. We're, like you said, we're, we're all looking at what we, what we experienced last year, the points per game. I mean, it was some, it was some Billy Joe esque stuff that Jackson said. And, and that's with the defense on one side, you had a top-rated defense on one side of the ball, a high-scoring offense on the other side of the ball, a high level power five, Heisman trophy candidate quarterback. I mean we yeah. had, I mean, I a mean lot of, a lot, that that's that's what we hadn't seen uh since the 90s in the swag. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. I tell somebody <laughs> simply put my belly is full. Like I've I've seen like High caliber football over the past two seasons, and I'm content. You know, I, I, I you know, of course, you know, you want to see uh, your team do really well, but it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of in a, a watch and see sort of mode this past season or th- this season. But you know, it's like I've, I've, I've seen something that you know, quite honestly, you just don't
1: see every year. So I, I'm, yeah. you know. It's very true. Even if you go back two seasons ago, you know, they didn't go undefeated, but you had fam FAMU, yes. defensive at least, that was playing at such a high level, too, that you yeah. had it for two teams in regards to them being both in the top 25, both of them, you know, chasing that championship and forcing the other one to play well and chasing it down. FAMU got the playoff bid because they were uh, having that such strong, magical season. And then let me add one last thing. Think about the coaching tree that was done uh, in terms of those programs, particularly at Jackson State. You have T.C. Taylor that has, you know, moved to the head coaching position. We know what he does in his pedigree. He was offensive coordinator. His natural progression was to become head coach. Very solid coach to be, he's going to learn whatever. But think about him. He was buried to some degree in the coaching tree. So think about how much coaching pedigree was deep at Jackson State as well, not just the players and those playing, but the coaching talent around that team was extremely deep. And you lose some of it. Obviously, you bring in great coaches as well. But all of that was essentially in one place. That's a lot when you really start to think about. um, And we won't, until we get further out of history, we'll get a much more appreciation. But sometimes it's hard to live in it. So I'm glad you brought that up, Brian, because it gave me a chance to really think about it. And in the interview today, I really shined on it. So it seemed like the right time to come to put that out there uh, in terms of uh, getting that out there. With that being said, let's take our last break, come back on the other side. We're going to look at some of these key matchups uh, for the major division games of the week.
0: and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources, and instagram.com forward slash empowermentJAX. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go, Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to laugh yeah. and what about, what about, So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes.
1: This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with the professors, Professor Pulford, Professor Bishop. Let's get into the major games of the week and let y'all break these down and diagnose them, if you would, and tell me what your thoughts. we're going to start with the classic games of the week, as we do. This time, we got a top 10 matchup in the Magic City Classic. This doesn't happen very often. Both these teams are not necessarily uh, in the race for the Eastern Division, and oftentimes one is and one is not. This is one of the first times when you come in both teams are playing pretty well, coming off of victories. Uh, and you have number seven, Alabama A&M Bulldogs at four and three, two and two overall versus number eight, Alabama State Hornets that are three and three overall and two and two in terms of conference rates. Alabama AM and has an outside shot. So this is really big for them. They have to win it to make that game against Florida a and in a couple of weeks mean something. If not, it locks it all down and... Who better to get Alabama AM out of the race than the Hornets in terms of their rivals? With that being said, I'm going to go to you, Brian. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup in the Magic City Classic between top 10 teams, number seven versus number eight?
3: Well, it, look, it, it's hard for me to not be a little selfish here. And we'll see. <laughs> I mean, look, FAMU's magic number is two. One of those two involves... Alabama state beating Alabama and him. So, you know, uh, but I do think what's interesting is, and I was kind of looking, I was looking up the history and I think Connell Maynor has prior to last year when they gave up 14 fourth quarter points, he had not lost to Alabama state. Am I, am I correct in that? I mean, somebody, somebody out there do the math, but I think that's correct. He had never lost to Alabama state. And then last year, um, you know they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter, ended up losing that ball game. Um, so, I, I you know Alabama State supposedly has the better defense. I think uh, you know both teams coming off a bye. You know I'm just going. I'm just going to stick to what to, to what's in my pocket and just hope that uh, Alabama <laughs> State finds a way to to, to get a win. Uh, I'll be scoreboard watching. Stat stat taken in Tallahassee while I'm looking up the phone over here. (laughs) Um, And and we'll know. That's the one good thing, because if I'm not mistaken, that game will have finished before the end of FAMU and Prairie View. So, I, I mean, you know, there'll be a lot of people watching, and I'm sure the PA guy will do his thing, and especially if FAMU has a lead. Uh, that place is going to be ridiculous by about mid four- I'm making a bold prediction Doc. by the mid-fourth quarter there's going to be a chill in your spine and they might just pull the cannons out and just start firing them <laughs> off Just no reason just boom boom they're like what What happened you can't do that in the middle of a play <laughs> boom doesn't matter we're going to win the sweat east boom there's another cannon <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: Charles, uh, turn this match up. I love the way Brian was able to turn it over to FAMU.
3: I did, did not
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, a slight pivot there. <laughs> we are talking about the Magic City Classic.
3: Oh, number man. seven versus
1: number eight. Let me reset this before you answer it and make sure you're, you're talking about the right game. This is number seven, Alabama AM the Bulldogs, versus number eight, Alabama State Hornets. In the Magic City Classic, the game is at 230 and is on ESPN+. Plus.
2: I mean, this is one of those classic games where you're asking, you know, they're both Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type teams, and you, you're trying to figure out, you know, who brings the quarterback that day. You know, quarterback play uh, is going to be key in this one. Xavier Langford, huge game last time out against Gremlin. Uh Whoever they had spying him, he wasn't good enough because he ran for 196 yards, but <laughs> Bubba Adams is going to be waiting on him if he takes off out of that pocket in this game. So uh, I think that's, you know, one of those little uh, individual matchups that I'm going to be paying attention to. Uh, and the question for me is, can Alabama a and muster enough offense uh, to um, get, up, get some points on the board? Because I just think, you know, it's been such a struggle for Alabama State to score. Uh, uh and to move the ball up and down the field. Uh they they played a, a ugly game uh ugly game versus jack state but they won it they were they played with a short field and they were able to get some things uh uh in the fourth quarter but I just think overall I think Alabama and M just has just a, a, a little bit more
1: offense in Alabama State and they'll get the victory. Plus I want that Alabama A and M Bulldogs fam new game to mean something. We yeah. gotta, I need something to talk about. I need something, you to talk be something. something.
2: exactly I, I, get, I, get, I, get, I need I a Connell Maynard Bark. I need
1: a Bark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you <laughs> notice every since Independent he stopped. non-conference, major division game of the week. And speaking of Connell Main in the media session, he did tell <laughs> head coach Eddie Robinson, we coming. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, uh, <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> he loves to have fun. So I love his attitude. Obviously, it's the ups and downs and people, you know, to give it, get it, you got to be able like, to. I mean, to give it to you, you have to be prepared to get it, and sometimes he does that. But he does it all in faith. With that being said, let's go to this next matchup. As you have back in Nashville, uh, you have uh, Big South OVC matchup. Lindenwood three and four, one and two. They're at number three. Tennessee State Tigers at a five and two, one and one. So it's interesting to see what this looks like in terms of how this may get done. Tennessee State is rolling. Can they continue to get it done? This Lindingwood is moving up for Division II, so they're still in that transition. Uh, but uh, new rival, if you would call it that, a new matchup, at least in the conference. Uh, they officially joined the Big South, but you do have the, uh, I mean the OVC, but you have the partnership with the Big South OVC in terms of conference race. And uh, Tennessee State is right in the middle of the mix, a game behind, uh, as it looks like now. With that being said, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup?
2: Here. This is a game Tennessee Tennessee State has to have, and this is a game where Tennessee State's defense has to really take over. Uh, they're taking on the number two Russian team in in the in the, in the, in the Big South OVC, uh in Lindenwood, but you got to protect home, and this is uh, the time of the year that we start seeing Tennessee State fade when they start getting into conference play. Can't happen this year. Monroe Beard needs to have a big game. He has, has to have uh, a, a multiple. Multiple tackle game uh, where Tennessee State's defense goes off, and I think uh, uh, the quarterback play for Tennessee State is going to be huge. They got to muster up some points in this
1: one. Going to be a good one. Going to be a, a, a ugly one, but I'm going to go to Tigers. Good points. I like where you're going with that. Uh, obviously, Tennessee State had the defensive player of the week in that matchup. Uh, I'm gonna go to you, Brian. What are your thoughts in
3: terms of Lyndon Wood versus Tennessee State Tigers? So. Um... Lindenwood, just in case people didn't know, is a university located in Missouri. Um, you know, um, if I'm not mistaken, hold on, let me see exactly where in Missouri. Um, hold on, I had it just pulled up. St. Charles, Missouri. So just in case anyone didn't know, but I 2772, I think is the number that was there this past weekend at uh, Nissan Stadium. That big, massive ballpark in in uh, Nashville, and so the question is: Can you get over five? Maybe can you get over seven? Can you get anywhere between five and seven? Will Tennessee mm. State fans come out? Because this isn't a this isn't a guarantee. They yeah. should win, but it's yeah. not a guarantee. It's a conference game. Um, hopefully, they've heard enough from media folks to get behind TSU. And, and show up and get a win um I, I think you know that that that's that's paramount like you said I mean this is this is one of the best seasons since uh I think the 2012 or 2013 team uh that team actually won a black college title uh I was looking up earlier so I mean it's it's been a decade since Tennessee state has really been this relevant at this point in the season so looking forward to to seeing what uh what the Tigers can do, and hopefully uh, Tiger Nation show up for these uh, for these fellas.
1: Good point when you talk about what will they do. Obviously, uh, they got a chance to make a statement. It's going to be fascinating to see can they continue to find a way to get it done. Uh, I'm fascinated in so many ways about these matchups, particularly when you have a new team in terms of what that looks like. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out to Tennessee State um, Terrell, Allen, defensive lineman, 6'5", 275. Little Rock, Arkansas, Tennessee State getting uh, the player of the week this week as he continues to show up and show out. He needs to come in big in this game, as Charles alluded to, uh, to continue to keep Tennessee State in the race. Um, and maybe the fans will start to follow as they get a little more excited, or maybe it's time for them to just pack up and um, beg for an invite to the swag now. With that being said, we'll uh, get into our next matchup, independent, non-conference matchup. I say that because they had a chance out there, and, you know, they people, I don't know if the swag still wants it. With that being said, let's get into the next matchup. You're right. Hampton, Virginia, Armstrong Stadium. It is homecoming for the Pirates. They have a HBCU coming to them. It happens to be of the Coastal Athletic Conference, formerly known as the Colonial, CAA. North Carolina A&T State Aggies 1 and 6 and all 4. Last time we talked about the Aggies, it was because of their matchup against North Carolina Central. It's been ugly for them. They're 0 4 in the conference. Uh, Hampton Pirates are 3 4, 1 3. Question is, uh, there was a bet out there in terms of Morgan State with the number of Colonial teams they were playing. Who would have the most wins? Mm. Morgan State has won. Okay. So Hampton, uh, they may be into it. Aggies may be looking to see if they can get their one in this matchup over Hamptons find a way to right the ship. As they were flying high for a while, but now they get into the conference race. They've stubbed they told uh, they were ranked as high as three in many of people's polls. I think at one time we had uh, a professor on this uh, show a friend of ours that talked about had them ranked number one. I don't know who we're talking about, but you know I'm just saying with that being said, Brian, uh, what are your thoughts
3: on this matchup? I'm not saying any names, but Brian, what are your thoughts on terms? Yeah, Doc, you know I don't know that guy either. Uh, That was seems seems like a long, seems like a long time ago. That was some some Kool Aid involved. Uh, (laughs) uh, 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 An email might have gotten hacked. I don't know what happened. Uh, But but that guy, hey Hampton went south after that. Literally. stub a toe more like got a foot cut off um, yeah. is, is what happened and uh, it's been pretty bad for Hampton but hey here comes the Aggies and so all things can get right you know a is one of the few teams Doc, that uh, they are actually not only just one in six straight up but one in six against the spread now that's pretty mm, bad. That's wow. pretty bad. So you know, a lot of a lot is homecoming. So a lot of people's money in the state of Virginia. I don't know if Virginia is legal sports betting or not, but if it is, a lot of people in the state of Virginia will be betting on Hampton this weekend. And and if I could, I got to give a shout out to Stephen J. Gaither as well. Uh, a great article and sort of a retort towards a column that was posted by a. Uh, by a, by a newspaper columnist out of Delaware who had made some comments about the attendance in the CAA as it related to Delaware. And he chose to use Hampton and the attendance that weekend, which was pretty poor. But look, we understand Hampton was playing Delaware. Folks really weren't traveling to go see Delaware, not with homecoming being the next week. Okay. And right. none, of that, none of that stuff was brought up as well as none of the other um CAA opponents that Delaware has played. But anyway, so he, he chose to he chose to take a cheap shot at Hampton and props to Steven uh Gaither for actually coming back with some strong statistics and numbers <clears throat> and kind of look he, we, we understand what it is. We understand the sort of disconnect that not only Hampton fans have, but A T fans have and Tennessee State fans have with playing in the conferences that they're playing, and and he he backed it up with stats and numbers, unlike uh, his fellow – well, I wouldn't say his fellow, but the other journalist, quote-unquote, um, from out of Delaware. So I, I just want to give a shout-out to, to Mr. Gaither, com, And uh, Hampton, show up. Show up and sell out his homecoming. It's going to be a busy weekend in the, in the uh, Tidewater Bay because Norfolk State has their homecoming, too, that weekend.
1: Oh, wow. This Good week. stuff. Great point when you pull that out there. And shout-out to Steve and he must have struck a nerve because another guy uh, on the Twitter trolls uh, came up there and was concerned about his retort uh, to the journalist. So I was like, "Okay, Stephen Gaithin, you're doing your job. Folks talking about Mm -hmm. you and they're nervous because you enter in the space and you're telling a different story. There's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with you telling a different story, your story, our story. Counter-narrative. Yeah, I like the fact they put it out there. Usually, these are our matchups of the day. We do have this as a matchup for uh, Thursday, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't put it on the table since we have Brian here. Let's talk about this top 10 matchup. Uh, it is our bonus SWAT major division game of the week. It is number 10, Prairie View AM versus number one, FAMU, Tallahassee, Florida, Bragg Memorial Stadium. It is homecoming if you hadn't heard it enough times by yet. I think. One of our guests has told you that breast cancer awareness as well. So they're going to celebrate and educate kudos to uh, the rattlers out there Saturday, October the 28th, three o'clock. This game has been flexed. It was on ESPN plus then moved to ESPNU to let you know some of the importance on the matchup. up. Uh, it is one of the top teams in the West three way tie three and one. You heard the other two that are in the top seven whole rankings, but, Prairie View comes in at number two. The Panthers are three and four, three and one. And they're at number one, Florida AM at home, uh, as family is six and one, five and zero in the race, trying to find a way to get it done. This is also uniquely important. If Prairie View was able to win this game and went out for the East, and if both teams have a 7-1 and one record, let's say that, or somehow they both are tied at 6-2. and two, The tie break, if Prairie View comes out of the West, and fam, you comes out of the East as it's looking, then because they would have the head-to-head matchup, Charles, we could rescind our Southwest Airlines ticket because we would be at home. It would That's be right true. here in our backyard at Prairie View. We'd be driving down there and yeah. picking up Brian at the airport uh, to see this matchup. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, I'm going to go to you first, Charles, in terms of this matchup because I do think it's fascinating mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And you obviously call the game for Prairie View. And so you have some insights that people may not realize. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup?
2: I think this game rests with the play of Frazon Conlon. Uh I think that's going to be huge with regards to uh, him showing up and having a big game. I think from looking at Prairie View, uh, they have a three-headed monster at, at, at running back. And, and it depends on the health of Ahmad Antoine. But Ahmad Antoine, in, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, him and uh, uh, Ladarius Owens are are similar backs. Uh, they are backs who can run in between the tackles. They can bounce it outside. But you add Caleb Johnson to that, Connor Wisham to that. Connor Wisham is a home run threat. Prairie View has the talent to go down there to Tallahassee and and come away with the victory. The question is, can they put it all together for four quarters? And I think that has been the frustration, not just with the fan base, but with the coaching staff as well. And as Coach McDowell has, has said, even in the Swag Media uh, uh, telecalls, uh, it, it seems as though it's two steps forward, one step back. And we've seen that throughout the course of the year with regards to Prairie View. A veteran ball club with playmakers, but they have a tendency to really shoot themselves in the foot. And this is that game. They simply can't do that.
1: Good stuff, good stuff. With that said, let me go to you, Brian, in terms of this matchup. Uh, we'll give you the final word as the guest lecturer of the day. See what your thoughts are in terms of the Panthers taking on the Rattlers. Number one team. Let me say this before I give it to you, just to at least give you pause, maybe, uh, to get your thoughts in here. Silas Edward McMorris says, Ask Southern about scheduling Prairie for homecoming. IJS, I'm just saying. Maybe a little too late for that,
3: but what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, if that's the case, you might want to ask Grambling and UAPB about that distraction committee. That w- when you get to Tallahassee and when you're on the sidelines, it's a h- it's hard to focus. It's hard to stay focused. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I'm just going. am just going to say, you know, the, the distraction committee will be will be heavy and about. Uh, it, but but. Uh, What's interesting, and and this is what's scary. Yes, definitely. Go ahead, Doc. What's what's definitely scary about this contest is that the last game that Preview played, they were embarrassed, thirty to nothing, by Houston. Not even baptist anymore. Houston Christian. They got rid of being called baptist we just Christian now. All right. Now I don't know. That's what that say about being Baptist or not. But anyway, we're not gonna go there. But that's what you just lost to. You lost so two weeks, and you know, I don't, I don't think anybody should have got a bye week when you lose thirty to nothing. And we 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 on a normal schedule for the next two weeks. Nobody's gonna go home and and celebrate and do all this extra stuff that other teams did on their bye week. So that gives me a little bit of concern about what type of Prairie View team we're going to get. Usually when you are a team that is of championship potential and you usually show up after getting embarrassed. Mm. You know, so that's what we're going to see. You know, I think it's the great unknown. I I know FAMU has this, we got a great winning streak at home, great winning streak in SWAC. Um, All that's on the line. You know, the, the, the guys have got to play at a high level. This is the this is the last SWAC regular season game of this year. So they, they gotta play at a high level. But uh that that's what gives me pause about preview. And I, I gotta I gotta really kinda dig deep into the numbers and, and really look uh and, and and try to and try to see who is this team. Is this the team that beat uh Alcorn State, who we also are talking about as a contender, or are they the team that has lost to
1: and the christian schools
3: yes they've lost the christian schools yes i mean you know we, we'll all we'll be a christian school as well you know this weekend for an agricultural and mechanical christian university <laughs> hey we used to be famc so i mean what I, i'm just saying <laughs>
1: Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. That's good, man. We need mean, to find you I had student. all your stuff on, so I thought I'd represent a little bit too. You know, I didn't want to make it personal out there. Um, good stuff. Great job. Enjoyed having you on here. In all seriousness, I think it's a great matchup. Last weekend, family, you came to Houston, represented. Uh, and we got a little bit into the um, Texas versus Florida. Obviously, great players per capita in a lot of ways. You talk about coming out of Mississippi. Great players coming out of Louisiana in terms of those that ultimately go pro Hall of Famers all throughout it. Alabama obviously has a rich history of great players in Arkansas, Pine Bluff, going around the SWAC particularly. Uh, But it's something about those long stories about Texas and Florida in terms of those matchup with athletes. We've seen it at the high school level. Uh, Obviously, we see it um, now in the SWAC. And it'll be fascinating, again, because I'll talk – to coach Bubba, in terms of his thoughts, in terms of that, obviously Florida kid themselves spending more time in Texas <laughs> in a lot of ways and now heading a Texas team over to Prairie View. And we'll talk about this a little more on the show tomorrow. The rich history between these two schools went to legendary Jake Gaithers and Billy Nix uh, in terms of some of those classic matchups they had that ultimately led to black college national championships. So, there's some history on the line in terms of that, and I want people to at least recognize that and understand. Let's celebrate that rich history of these two programs, uh, particularly under great leadership, Hall of Fame coaches uh, that fought uh, for more than just a football program, but changing the landscape and the history about that, playing uh, in championship games. Obviously, Jake Gaither, you talk about the history there uh, in regards to what he did and opening the board to desegregate the NIA. His rattlers were not able to take advantage of that because of the time in the governor in the state of Florida. But guess what team that got into the playoffs based on all the coaches but a lot of the um, push that he had? It was the Prairie game and them Panthers, and they made it all the way to the championship game and lost the tough one to St. John's when the quarterback was hurt in the semifinals. But that's the connection and the rich history between these programs, both them coming to Prairie View, coming and playing in the Prairie View Bowl, and them in Prairie View going down there and playing in the Orange Blossom Classic. Well, now it's a conference matchup, and it counts. With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Pignata the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Watch, Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you uh, for Brian joining us today. Uh, we want to thank you for listening, to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike and Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. Since the standard time, we'll be back on Thursday to give you an update. Uh, but check us out t- tomorrow. Charles and I will be on ONG Strike Zone Special Edition as we talk about this matchup. And at that time, I'll really dig into history and give you some head-to-head matchup, where games will play, give you some scores of those matchups. Take you a little bit down history lane, and then, obviously, we'll back it up, and we'll play and tell you the importance of this matchup for this year. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Bill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Horse. Brian? Lecture. I almost didn't call out his name when he did all this with his phone. <laughs> <name>. This <laughs> man.